0: Act two, will. The infant's first social achievement then is his willingness to let the mother out of sight without undue anxiety or rage because she has become an inner certainty as well as an outer predictability. Eric Erickson, U.S. Developmental Psychologist and Psychoanalyst.
1: Feral Child, a performance. I walk slowly to the edge of a cliff overlooking the Hudson River. At the very edge, I slowly begin gathering weeds, rocks, and twigs. I am deliberate in my movements, crouching, bending, turning, grasping, and long, slow gestures. I walk back and forth along the edge of the cliff, pacing, throwing away all that I gathered, throwing everything into the river. Then, I very suddenly begin dancing wildly, as if in a tribal ritual, a fertility or rain dance, but one purely improvisationally invented by me. I stop dancing and begin to stare at each member of the audience, one by one. I walk to them, get close to them. If they move away, I move with them. I go into the center of the audience and crouch in a fetal position, putting my face down so no one can see it. I let my hair fall over my knees, covering my head and my face. Then, I slowly begin to snarl and growl. I lift my head and look at the audience again. My snarling and growling get louder and louder, more and more aggressive. I get closer to the audience members and growl right at them. I begin to scream and move quickly around the entire space of the hill, possibly even running. I spin, still screaming, in the middle of the circle the audience has created. Then, very suddenly, I drop to the ground, panting, exhausted. I lay my body out flat against the ground, arms and legs spread wide, and if it is natural at this point, I cry.
2: Erikson's second stage of social-emotional development is called the stage of will, wherein the relationship with both parents is most significant. The psychosocial crisis is autonomy versus shame and doubt, and the overriding existential question is, Is it okay to be me? Is it okay to be me? The mother files her fingernails to claws. When the child screams, she chokes her. When the child cries, she smacks the table and growls. When the child watches, the child watches spit fly from the corners of her mouth. The mother hides all the books. She only reads them at night when the child is sleeping. When the child asks for paints, the mother makes her peanut butter, chocolate chip cookies, and tells her to eat. When the child dances, the mother builds a stage, tells her to take off her clothes so that everyone can see what she is.
3: Once before the husband left. Your mother's heart stopped beating over a stove where she was cooking sausage and eggs for your father, who was outside working in the garden. And maybe what really killed her was how her head smacked the cold blue tile of her kitchen floor. And maybe she did not have the will to cook sausage and eggs again for your father. And maybe she willed her own heart to stop because her life was a tomb of disappointments. And then. You couldn't stop looking at the way her face spread wide and brown and liquid against the shiny white pillow inside her coffin. You kissed the corpse and it felt like pressing your lips into a wax statue in Niagara Falls while no one was watching. Now dreams still come to bring her to a full sit while she belly laughs explaining that she was just pretending. And even in death you cannot trust her. And now you walk Manhattan with an aimless hope for the husband to bring you back, your family, and for the mother to never have died at all. Now, in Manhattan, the morning calls out all its dazzling trauma.
2: As the baby grew, her strangeness only increased as if she were willing herself to be different from the others. But she swore she wasn't. She wished she could be the same. The mother took her to church, taught her to cook, sang to her incessantly, but the gray mottled fuzz that covered the baby's ugly body refused to gleam into brown feathers as the other children's did. The mother did not lose hope. The baby, however, was haunted by a time before the cracking of her egg, when she was surrounded by the familiar scent of thick gray skin like hers, though she could not make sense of this memory.
4: Centipedes I would busy myself for hours as a child by clawing through the dirt all around Ramona's home, catching toads and centipedes. I collected the centipedes in jars to take back to Marina. Once, she procured space in a small gallery in noisad for my work. I clumsily placed 10 mason jars full of dirt and centipedes along the shelf, which was very low on the wall to accommodate my height. When I returned to Ramona, she was beating a boy they called my brother with a wooden spoon for stealing her mason jars. When I returned to Marina the following week, we visited the gallery and I saw all the centipedes had
5: died. Mama. The daughter is the mother.
6: We lived in a ceremony of goodbyes.
5: The mother wants everything for the baby and everything from the baby.
6: This is how we'd walk to the center of the stage.
5: The mother puts herself into the baby, opens the head of the baby, pours in her attitudes, her desires, her prejudices, her affinities, her languages. And position
6: ourselves at the table or over the bicycle seats.
5: The mother does this without knowing she is doing this. The conspiring eyes of our audience. The mother tongues the baby to clean it. The mother cleans the baby with words.
6: Planned our death so far in advance of its actual happening.
5: The mother sings to the baby.
4: Singing. Marina and Ramona both sang to me. Marina would sing old Yugoslavian folk songs. Her voice rose like a strong smoke from her groin. Her voice was deep and slow, haunting. When she sang, Marina would do nothing else. She would just sit or stand and sing, focusing all her energy on the song. Ramona clearly sang as a distraction. Throughout the day, she would sing while she was cleaning, cooking, putting on her makeup. She sang popular sweet songs and show tunes. Whistle a happy tune. Minnie the mermaid. You are my sunshine. Let me entertain you. When she was feeling particularly sorry for herself, she would put her... Put Me in Her Lap and Sing You and Me Against the World by Helen Reddy.
2: The other children grew into an army of squawking the baby continually felt she had to fight against. However, she tried to make them love her by listening to their music, wearing their clothes, and generally imitating everything they did they could not. As their hatred of her increased, so did the father's madness. He began pecking at their bodies until they lay bleeding against the stick-covered ground of their nest. Once they had to pull a rifle on him to shoo him out of the yard before he killed their mother. And though the father's rage and madness had nothing to do with the baby, because she was so different from them all, they blamed her for it. The mother wanted so much to continue to love this odd little baby, but even her love was tested by the chasm of fears that had opened in her belly.
7: Marina Abramovich is my mother. She lives in an open house for twelve days without food. She purifies herself and does not speak. She takes three showers each day instead of eating. She teaches me the unbearable lightness of being, how each thing we do is monumentally meaningful, how each thing we do is absolutely meaningless, absurd. Marina Abramovich
8: is my mother. Ramona Marie is my mother.
7: She lives in an open house for 12 days without food.
8: Sometimes we spread our hair out beneath us like a blanket in Central Park.
7: She purifies herself and does not speak.
8: There's a hill by the lake we favor best.
7: She takes three showers each day instead
8: of eating. We close our eyes and listen for the noisy voices of tourists.
7: She teaches me the unbearable lightness of being.
8: It's a game. We get five points if they are complaining and ten if they are marveling.
7: How each thing we do is monumentally meaningful.
8: We count birds and hot dogs and runners. We talk about everything. She lectures me about living art.
7: How each thing we do is
8: absolutely
7: meaningless, absurd. We
8: both smile so much
4: our cheeks hurt. Fish. The man they called my father took me fishing several times when I was still quite young. I wanted to please him and do well, but he had many rules and insisted I do everything absolutely right. The first time we went out, we walked to a shallow little bay of Lake Michigan, and I caught a catfish first, and then a tiny rainbow trout. Walking home, he said he would eat the trout, but he buried the catfish in the dirt outside our side door. I didn't know why he wouldn't have just let me throw it back in the water, but I didn't dare ask him. I dug up the catfish and used it in a performance Marina helped me plan, where I gutted it, then rubbed its innards all over my face and hands. Later, a boy they called my brother took me fishing in a little boat. Whenever he would catch a fish that was too small to keep, he would bang its head against the side of the boat until it was dead, then throw it back in the water. I felt the dead eyes of the fish were looking back up at me. I remember feeling terrified of the fish and also the boy. I tried painting the eyes, but I never got them quite right.
7: Marina Abramovich is my mother. She eats a raw onion like an apple to teach me to face the reality of my life. Marina Abramovich is my mother.
8: Ramona Marie is my mother. She eats a raw onion like an apple. She's taught me not to trust my fear of anything, especially those things that seem the easiest to be afraid of. When a scorpion crawls over my foot, she tells me to pick it up and put it on my shoulder. When a spider creeps into my bed at night, she tells me to lay it on my pillow right next to my cheek. To teach me to face
7: the reality.
8: When we walk down to the lake in the morning, We cut our feet purposely on the beach grass, so when we reach the water, our blood mixes in the sand.
7: Of my life.
8: Every school of minnows moving around us seems to thank us. Their soft, thin bodies shoot around us in a jagged dance.
2: The baby watched a lot of television to forget these other gleaming brown, black, feathery children with the yellow-brown faces she could never be. And she began to daydream. She remembered a whole world of giant old buildings that crept their tendrils up into a gray sky, gray as her own hard, fuzzy body. She didn't know why she remembered this world, but each time it came to her mind, it flooded her with conflict. Mama, the daughter is the mother.
6: We filled them with repulsion, disgust, adoration, desire. Mama.
5: With songs, the baby only understands in dreams. The mother dreams into the baby. The mother tells the baby all of her secrets without believing the baby will understand. Our
6: performances were catastrophic.
5: But the baby understands on a level even deeper than death. They always like it best when we were naked. The mother dreams the death of the baby.
6: We were always only constituents of their desire. Mama.
5: Even as the mother births the baby, no more. The mother knows the baby, too, will die.
4: Sunset. My mother, Marina, told me the story of her first painting. She wanted to paint a sunset, so her teacher threw a bunch of glue and paint and sand over a canvas and set it on fire and said, That's sunset. She hung the burnt canvas on the wall, and when she returned to it a month later, it had disintegrated to dust. I saw the same sunset over Lake Michigan countless times in Ramona's arms. She would pretend to blow the sun out like a candle as it went down into the water. I always thought the lake should boil with all that hot sun inside of it. It was a comfort that the same sunset existed in both places. Unfortunately, it was equally ephemeral in both places.
7: Marina Abramovich is my mother. She rams ceremonial knives in the spaces between her fingers. She cuts herself again and again. She takes control of pain. She takes control of anger. She will do it herself. No one else can do it to her. Marina Abramovich is my mother.
8: Ramona Marie is my mother. She rams
7: ceremonial knives in the spaces between her fingers.
8: She aims an arrow at her heart for me and asks me to hold the bow. I refuse.
7: She cuts herself again and again.
8: We both know it's a joke. We understand each other that way. She takes control of pain. Still, she maintains the gesture is apt.
7: She takes control of anger.
8: From time to time, I hold the slippery handle against my palm to test my strength.
7: She will do it herself.
8: From time to time, she holds the two-sided metal blade to her chest to test her loyalty.
7: No one else can do it to her.
8: We decide to take photographs of this event and have two special lockets made to hold them. We wear them every day for the rest of our lives.
2: The baby loved her mother, this mother that worked so hard to love her, despite how awfully ugly and strange she was. But the baby began to wonder if she belonged to this mother at all. She seemed to recall a voice like smoke that wrapped its arms around her and sang a different kind of song. This mother, who tried to love her, her language was so thin. She poured its veneer over the hurt that hung like so many gutted beasts from the ceiling of this nest.
4: The Rivers and the Locks Marina and I walked down to the Danube often, so the first time Ramona took me down to the shores of Lake Michigan, I immediately jumped into the water. Somehow, through a labyrinthine path of waterways, I could feel this water connect me to Marina, I felt Marina dip her hands into the Danube and they somehow pet me. I could never explain it. Some part of me would swim through the rise and fall of locks and tides to be at Marina's side. When I was returned to Ramona again, she wouldn't take me back to the water for a long time. It seemed to terrify her.
7: Marina Abramovich is my mother. She repeats, art must be beautiful, artist must be beautiful, again and again, while combing and brushing her hair until her scalp bleeds. She makes me wonder who decides what beautiful is. She makes me question what art is. Marina Abramovich is my mother.
8: Ramona Marie is my mother. She repeats, art must be
7: beautiful, artist must be beautiful, again and again.
8: Each night, she braids our hair together so we can sleep like Siamese twins. All night long, our naked shoulders touch, and our hands are always shifting over each other's ribs and hip bones. We move mostly in our sleep.
7: While combing and brushing her hair until her scalp bleeds.
8: And when we wake, the gardener comes to cut us free with his shears. When I play later in the sandbox, I move with the dexterity of two people attached
7: she makes me wonder who decides what beautiful is she makes me question what art is
8: after bath which is always steeped with milk and lavender oil i lie so still on our big white bed so she can braid us again all night i dream i'm a baby bird in a soft grassy nest my mother's wings spread above me her feathers like safety surrounding my body
0: this concludes act two i'd like to thank Tricia O'Connor, Barb Handley Miller, Mark Brown, Shay Davis, Kristen Cornelius, Ara Lynn Ross, Danielle Peterson, Crystal Starkey, Donna Giuliani, and Laura Dahl, as well as Tim Kenyon for allowing me to borrow their voices for this episode of Marina Abramovich is my mother.
2: Please visit Marina Com for more information about Marina Abramovich is My Mother and its author, Jodi Ann Stevenson. Please visit the author's Patreon page to learn more about her projects and how you can support her work at patreon.com slash Stevenson. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash j-o-d-i-a-n-n-s-t-e-v-e-n-s-o-n. Thanks for listening.